0: Hey everybody, I'm Alex, coming straight at you from the perch, and this is Lunchbox Radio. So before we get started, I just wanted to thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast lately, as always. If you haven't heard the last Sunday edition, it was on Big Ideas, was a little, I was feeling a little bit under the weather, it was a little rambly, but it still got some great stuff in there, so definitely go check that out. You should also go check out, feeling speaking of feeling a little bit under the weather, um, My podcast on Child of Kamiari Month, which was the third day edition, the previous third day edition in the feed. But on that note, let's jump right into it with what we're talking about today. A little show that just had a season two announced. Um, And that show is, I'm not going to try and say the Japanese name. Um, That show is Classroom of the Elite.
1: 左蝶が飛んでた砂の埃が大地 Me
0: Now, for those of you who maybe haven't been watching anime for a super long time, which I will fully admit is probably some of you, it, Classroom of the Elite may seem like a odd, almost militaristic idea, but you don't have to be, you don't have to have been watching anime for a long time, to know that it's really not. If you're looking for other contemporaries of Classroom of the Elite, or other or things that preceded Classroom of the Elite, at least in the anime space, you don't have to look very far. You can look at things like Baka and Test. You can look at things like um, Special A, which was which is of like early early Oz anime that really captured a lot of the same things that um, Classroom of the Elite is going for, but the Classroom of the Elite succeeds and fails at things that both things like Baca and Test and Special A succeeded and failed in different ways. So, the idea behind Classroom of the Elite and the other two shows I just mentioned are kind of Heightening this already well-worn thing that exists not just in Japanese classrooms and not just in Japanese um, high school high school education systems, but also in American high school education system. If you've ever gone to an American high school where they offered AP or advanced classes, that's not much different than the letter grading system in the, the letter placement system in, say, a Japanese high school. And, um, in for example, in my high school, which was a very, like, a really well-known American high school, like a really well-renowned American high school on the East Coast, we had everything from, like, standards, standard class, we had, like, the standard classes that everybody attended, which were pretty normal, um, English math, that stuff. We had what's called advanced placement courses, AP courses for short. Those were like AP, AP math, AP English. That stuff. They call it different things in different places all over the all over the country and all over the world. But there's also like special ed versions of everything that are essentially the normal courses, but taught slower and in kind of excruciating detail and stuff because they want to pay more attention to each student. I was actually in just about every AP art class and art elective you can imagine. I am the closest thing to a art Olympian as you can probably imagine. Um, but the, the idea behind this is that you're placing students where their intellectual ability claims they deserve to be. And one of the funniest things that I ever heard when I was in school was I did exceedingly well in math for one year. And that year was when I did geometry. And I did so well in geometry that my math teacher (laughs) pulled me aside. Not even pulled me aside, like, said to me, made sure to say to me in front of the rest of the class, like, hey, you should really sign up for, um, for calculus, which is, which was like the thing after geometry. And I just looked at her, and I was like, oh, you think I'm doing the math? That's adorable. I said this as like a sophomore or something. That's adorable. I'm not doing the math. I'm just straight up using spatial awareness ...to solve all the geometry problems. <laughs> I'm using art to do this, lady, not math. I'm not that smart, I promise. But in things like... Meanwhile, in things like art, I was that skilled and that knowledgeable and that capable. And I've remained so to this day, <laughs> quite frankly. But the way that this stuff works is that it it can often create separations in like, and not just class and not just, it can create kind of a class system academically in schools and in the social life of schools. Like, yes, you are a normal kid but you still go to what they would call special ed math or bedhead math which is a derogatory abbreviation and kids think different of you for that and teachers treat you differently because you're being taught different stuff and you have a different background and you may have you may have cognitive issues when it comes to um the syntax of of learning or writing in a language but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a dumb kid my a perfect example also for my i believe my sophomore year i was able to you were you had to take an elective every year and either every semester or every year probably every semester and the kind of most stunning thing i ever had to i ever was able to do in my elective Was I took a creative writing course, and even my creative writing teacher was like, "You are so lucky. I am not grading you on like grammar or spelling because that shit is atrocious." But your the actual content of your writing once you move past that is excellent, and that had been that had been true to that point, and it's still true, and has still been true since I was in like, elementary school. I mean, I won poetry awards in elementary school. <laughs> and the, the kind of hilarious thing was that I was, like, scraping by in special ed English because I was being graded all the technicalities of writing, not the content of my writing. The content of my writing was what was saving me in normal English class, but allowed me to straight up score like score high enough to not have to take the final. <laughs> like I got to take the period off um, in, in creative writing. And so right there is where you have this thing that a lot of these elite high schooler shows, which is what Classroom of the Elite is, in the in the family of are really talking about. And if you look at something like um Special A is really about this, Baca and Test is also about this, but Baca and Test is um significantly jokier show than even something like Special A, or especially something like um Classroom of the Elite. But the reason why we have shows that are so critical of this system coming out of anime and not really coming out of much of anywhere else is because this system has a profound consequence on the young people of Japan. And and as a result... Not just on like the high school age young people, but all the way up through your 20s and 30s, you have lived through this like rough shot gambit of an academic system that praises you for like, that encourages you and praises you for a lot of things that end up being detrimental to you as just a person in the world. If that makes any sense, and so, because the Japanese academic system prizes a kind of not an artificial intelligence, but a kind of intelligent intelligence above creativity, intelligence above like book like book smarts over street smarts in a way that. Can warp people. Especially when they're young. And. It. It it combines that with. The way Japanese society looks at. Looks at its citizens from. Straight up. Kindergarten. Through death. As kind of molding a perfect worker or molding people who are good at being cogs in the machine. And you come up with this odd societal pipeline that becomes a problem and, ma- and makes people a problem and ignores problems in people as long as they can be good cogs in the machine, so to speak. Um, and it can also have this kind of fetishization or priving of a kind of, not a useless intelligence, but a but an application of intelligence that misses that doesn't account for the humanity of it so to speak and that kind of instilling of a class system very early on especially in high school can cause all kinds of fucked up problems and creates and can create characters who are like people Not when I say characters I really mean people who are just, just fucked from the, from, the, from the word go or who develop these personality traits because of what they're praised for over time that breed for all kinds of fucked up versions of people. Um, I'll give you an example actually from my college days. Um, me and actually Lauren knows this person, too. Hi, Lauren. You know who I'm talking about. No one else will. I promise. Um. When I first met Lauren, she was friends with somebody. And this person was incredibly vain and incredibly needy when it came to attention. Like, they needed, I'm not even going to say the gender, but they needed attention to, like, the nth degree, and they would act out if they didn't get attention. And I asked Lauren, like, how, at some point, like, how did this person get like this? What, what happened? And in so many words, what Lauren said to me once again, hi, Lauren, is that this person had the same things about them praised over and over again from a very early age and that really embedded into that person's idea of their own worth and their own value. And to be clear, like, it wasn't anything creepy or anything untoward, but it... And I'll, I'll... Be this specific because it's important. It was. The the thing that was praised was. Oh you're so pretty. From a very young age. And that. Latched on to that person. For long enough. And. Was never. It was never. um, Curved. And then by the time it was. It's like that. Instinct could have been curved what happened was if you get into like grade school you get into middle school hormones and like that pretty comment is now an attractive comment from you know potential like significant others and like people looking at you with like hormone eyes from middle school onward and you internalize those thoughts as And I want to be clear, anybody internalizes these thoughts in all kinds of directions. I'm noticeably physically disabled. And I can tell you, it is a conscious decision for me to ignore people who fucking stare at me. Who look at me like they've never looked at anyone in their life. In a way that's like, what? I didn't know that could happen in a person like what the, the, the phrase I use for the way people look at me as a disabled person is what did the army do to that? And so what did the army do to that guy? Look, and I, at some point had to make a conscious decision of either notice it and call it out Every single time and go fucking crazy, which is not my, which shouldn't be my responsibility or like know that that's always happening, but just go on with my goddamn day. And that's with a negative thing where it's like a, it's a more positive experience to get, to go that way, to go the way of I have to ignore this I can't internalize this or else I will lose my mind rather than a positive a, like a positive feedback loop of and this has happened to me usually in other countries usually hilariously in African countries specifically Morocco like I I look Moroccan to people I look either, Eastern European or Moroccan to people. (laughs) To such an extent that when I was in Morocco, like, young women would stare at me like people stare at Justin Timberlake. They were like, oh, he's the best looking person I've seen in this city. And it was, I, I, I caught women giggling at me. It was weird. And, that's not my first time experiencing like women like looking at me like oh he's he's a fucking snack, but it was it was the most outward I've ever experienced it. I imagine if you got that kind of attention enough that's a really good feeling. You wouldn't do what I had what disabled people or um oftentimes even black people have to do with the kind of attention negative attention that you get that you can't absorb it all because you'll drive yourself crazy and that's just an example of how like reinforced behaviors can change a person not ruin always but change a person and in in japanese schools as, as in Japanese schools, that like attention, that reward is given for excelling still in a very traditional sense of the word. Like if you are a genius manga artist, in the way that say Taikobu was in the in his high school years, where everybody praised his drawing. Even that is this recognition of a track and a future career and a reward given to somebody for molding into that, for molding into something that can go along, into a version of a person that can go along that path. And if you look at the manga industry, like the people who are most lauded are the ones who kick their own ass or continue to kick their ass like Ichiro Oda does for the longest like they take they take no prisoners in their work in their work habits. They're like working constantly and this is um a, a vestige of Samu Tezuka, the fucking madman that he was. And that 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 terrible work-life balance, that terrible over focusing, has created this industry that for anybody who might be good at it but isn't bred for that style of work of work-life balance, it like shreds them. The artist who was responsible for Yu Yu Hakusho went insane making the Yu Yu Hakusho manga. Same thing with Hunter x Hunter. That's why Hunter x Hunter has no real end. It's because he lost his mind and has caused himself to have a bunch of health problems as a result of overwork and all the pressures that the manga industry puts on talented people to keep putting out pages no matter what and the other side of Japanese society that it really started in schools is in um, somewhat middle school but especially high school is Privilege of it, privilege of choice because of price and because of the amount of money you can spend, and that's where Classroom of the Elite really separates itself from its counterparts. Like once again, Baca and Test and Special A. There are all kinds of other there are all kinds of other um like overachiever special class shows out there, by the way, um, is that it shows this, it's that it bends towards this hyper-capitalist everything-is-for-sale moment that is true, not that is true of America once you're kind of an adult, but is Uh, That's true in reality once you're an adult, but in in Japanese society there's this style that is associated with the wealthy and there is this recognition of like wealth as being right and just. And this is true uh, in lots of Asia beyond any beyond a lot of, not necessarily beyond um, that of what it is in America, but it is, it is so much more blatant and so much more ripe for the picking when it comes to satire that it, it's, let me put it this way. You notice when something is very much playing in, like, the East Asian super wealth of it all, and they're not really choosing to satirize it in a really meaningful way. Look, at um, and it's a, it's a great, like, fun, romantic comedy drama movie, um, but look at, uh, um, a movie like Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians is wealth porn at its core. Like, it's, Celebrated for being this all Asian American cast and very Asian American and, and Asian period centric story. But it's not. How should I put this? It's not. It is not as it is not critical in almost any way of. The wealth that is that is on display in that show. That is that is the escapism of that movie. Is just the sheer wealth of it all. And I will tell you, I've seen both ends of like the extreme wealth spectrum. I've like eaten at some of the most famous restaurants in the world, and I've like gone home that same day to like spend. Actually, the story from um from Morocco. I stayed in Marrakech. Um, in Morocco for a couple days. It was a bunch of, I stayed at a bunch of different places in Marrakech. In, um, Morocco. Or two different places in Morocco, rather. I stayed in Fez, and I stayed in Marrakech. Marrakech has one of the top ten hotels in the world. A hotel called Mamouya. And it's, um, kind of trademark is most of its, like, help staff. Wear these Majorelle blue, which is a very specific color of like deep marina blue, um, suit jackets with these be- with like beautiful white pants and this beautiful white flat brimmed um, hat, and a the buffet lunch at Mumuya is a hundred bucks ahead. head. The buffet lunch. Which is, by the way, still delicious. It is awesome. But to give you an idea of what happened when me and the person I I was with at the time went into the hotel from the Riyadh. We we weren't staying at the hotel. We were staying in a Riyadh somewhere um, a little ways away in Fez. In like Fez City proper. And it was a nice Riyadh. I'm not complaining about that. It was actually beautiful. But when we entered this hotel, first off, we had to give up, like, and they kept it behind the desk. They kept them behind the desk for us. Like, our bags uh, from shopping in the, in the market in Marrakesh, um, we had to leave our bottle of water. Nothing, none of the filth, so to speak, of the outside world could come into this fantasy thing that they had created for their guests. Some guests who would come stay at this hotel... See, maybe, um, the, uh, gravesite and former estate of, um, I believe he was the person who created, um, YSL, uh, who was responsible for, like, the major blue color. Um, they would see that, and they would see the hotel, and that would be largely it. Maybe the Marrakesh History Museum, which is insane for, of. Whole bunch of underfunding reasons, but um, they had high-end shops like they they had like Louis Vuitton shops in this um hotel. They had like I said this hundred-dollar buffet. But what's most telling is once I, as a disabled person, entered this space and was understood to be a paying guest in this space. I had a shadow I had somebody who prepared my plate for me got anything I pointed to put it on the plate and followed me around the buffet something that I would have like mitigated myself in a normal buffet environment but because it was that it was purporting to be that high end the person who I was there with said I'm pretty sure that if we stayed here you would not have to lift a finger I'm like I'm I'm going to bet that's right. I'm going to bet that's absolutely right. And that kind of... That kind of wealth goes to your head no matter what you do. And that kind of... That kind of wealth and privilege goes to your head no matter what you do. And if that is tied to your... academic achievement... And your intelligence, both of those things, both of those balloons blow up at the same time, so to speak. Like you get a big head in both of those areas. So, um, and actually a great contemporary of um, Classroom of the Elite is probably that show Kakagurui, which I did an episode on, and you can go listen to in the feed. Um but that's a that's a different thing in the sa- in kind of the same air as something like Classroom of the Elite. So what's really unique about the the school that they're all going to in Classroom of the Elite is it's this really pre- prestigious school. They don't give you any details about how you get into um, this school. But they do give you, but they give you just enough of the rules to the school setting where you know the rules the show's about to play with and play by. So what they say is, is that every student who gets into school gets um, put into a class based on their act, based on their worse as an academic student or their va- or their value academically from d to a class a being the highest rank class d being the lowest rank class c and b basically being different shades of the middle and then there's the point and then each student gets a point based on their ma- based on a kind of meritocratic system of they get their points to based on what they achieve during the months. But what they do, and this is a really devious thing that like, quite frankly, my, gran- my, my grandfather did to my mother. And my mother told me about this. I was like, that's screwed up. If they give them. The equivalent of a thousand dollars, of a thousand American dollars, which means a hundred thousand yen. Right off the bat, every student, when they show up at school the first day, they're given their credits, and one credit equals one yen. And they're isolated from, and this is a key part, they're isolated in this school from the outside world, and they Give that they give them that information absolutely upfront, and they say you will see that you'll be mostly isolated from the outside world, and that's important. That little piece is important because the outside world tends to be more rewarding of non-academic rigor or intelligence in an area that isn't easily measurable by an academic standard than a school environment and many people find this out the fucking hard way when they get out of school oftentimes even in college if you're getting great grades in like art history that doesn't so much matter when you go out into the world and you're not using that art history degree day to day um when you, if you get great grades in algebra, in math, there are whole professions that don't use any math or use very little or very basic math. I'm a high-end furniture curator, which means I buy furniture on behalf of, like, seriously, one percenter clients, and I make sure it gets from the supplier to them. And I also suggest that furniture to that client, to those clients. I use very basic math. I, I don't do anything that even comes close to touching algebra. <laughs> and it's fine. But so to, in order to make this whole experiment work, that condition, it this whole scenario work for this school and whoever's behind this school. That condition is very important. They have to be isolated because that all of their social lives, all of their real world lives need to be linked to the amount of money, the amount of money they have, and the system and them being dependent on this academic evaluation system that's about to be set up. So every student gets. A thousand gets a hundred thousand yen day one. And of course, these are high school students. They are like overjoyed. They're like, Yeah, let's party. What wasn't mentioned to them, but the smartest, but the smarter, more savvy students tended to understand, or, and this is really important, the students who were already wealthy enough. To like really have a meaningful relationship with money at the age of at high school, um, in a way in a way where they could understand like okay a hundred thousand dollars really isn't that much a hundred thousand yen isn't actually that much. I shouldn't change my habits because of it. Manage to understand is like I should I shouldn't I. I now have money to live here. I don't have money to, like, bust out, to bust while and out and, like, party and rock and roll here. I maybe have money for some splurges, sometime. But all of the other students, especially students in Class D, did as the teaching staff, as the staff at the school, expected and wanted them to do. They spent all of the money. And then the first of the next... The first of the next months of school ro- rolled around. And they're all expecting to get re-upped with another 100000 And they get no money. Because the other thing that they were doing this entire time... Was they were... They were depending on the students to be self-starters. They were depending on the students... The, te- the classes were being taught and all that stuff, but the environment was set up to be really loose, really non-restrictive, really... um, really... kind of... What's the best word for it? Really... Lackadaisical. And and the our our main na- the narrator of the narrator and main character of this show, um, Ayano Koji says this as much. He says like as the months wore on, you know, tardiness became a normal thing, absences became a normal thing, nobody cared, people read manga in class, and they show this to, like drive the point home people read manga in class, people, um, people read, people like took naps at their decks during class. It was a whole thing. And they further kind of proved this. They, they further kind of like cement this concept that they're building, that they're building up to, like way later in the show When they do have a quasi-public outing and they get like the biggest, most beautiful luxury cruise liner to go on vacation on for anybody in the school, not just them. And the school grounds are all gorgeous and like beautifully cared for and really imaginative. So what they've done is they've created like a gold cage for these kids. And they've, like, said, do whatever you want. And they gave them the rules in a way where they weren't telling... Well, they weren't lying to them, but they weren't telling them the whole truth. And they absolutely did not, like, by definition, they did not give them, like, a student handbook that explained the rules of the school. And it's important because that means that the students only heard... What was told to them in the way that it was told to them. So the rules in the school were: at the school, you are divided to you do, you are divided up into class into classes with based on your academic scores previously. Each student is given each class is given an amount of points every month. These points are a lot on the first of every month. Everything in the school, it, these points are based on academic on, on academic achievement. And note that point: academic achievement. And the last thing that's a, um, that's a professor, and I don't remember the professor's name, but she's a, she's like a almost like an antagonist character throughout the show. Um, I forget her name though. got all the characters here because there's tons of characters in this thing because this thing is this thing the other thing is this is like a stereotype ensemble show, and that that will be important in a couple minutes in a, or in a little bit rather. Everything is for sale. Anything is for sale at this school. If you can think of possibly buying a thing here, like uh, anything, you can buy it. And so at the end of the first months of school, at the beginning of the fir- at the beginning of the first months of school, the bomb drops. And our two main characters, um Ayakoji and um, a character, the kind of one of the three, leads of the show one of the three leads of the show almost, um, the uh character Hirokita Suzune have both like taken care not to spend that much money because they both they both A are loners so they don't have a lot of um pull in their social time to like spend their points but B, they both were like something something don't feel right in this in this whole scenario, and at that at that point, they're both proven right with the idea that Clathy gets no points, in other no new credits, because Clathy was a bunch of slackers. But they didn't know what they they had no they had no knowledge of what the punishment would really be or what the consequences of their actions were going to were going to be in other words and later on in this show what you start to see is that like this thing that's supposed to be set up as a meritocracy is working exactly as you'd expect that to work if you have any realistic understanding of it it's not... The game isn't fair. It's rigged. From top to bottom. And they make that super clear. It's connected to whether or not a kid in your class... Got framed for be, for beating... With beating up a bunch of other kids. It's whether or not... You know... You have any advantage... Academically versus artistically versus as a craftsman versus any of that crap. It's whether or not you have a connected family. It's whether or not you are special in some way that society values versus special in a way that society has yet to understand. So what you kind of find out about... um. These characters, like, the characters of this show, um, it's probably best embodied by the ten characters on the, like, cover poster. And the ten characters on this cover poster are all, all have an intrinsic societal value. That uh, value that's recognizable in some way in society. So, there's a character... So, in, I, in Ayakoji's case, and Ayakoji is actually a really... The... First, Ayakoji is the biggest problem with this show, but he's also potentially its biggest asset. Because, and I don't know if you've ever seen um Terror, the show Terror Resonance, and I've done an episode on Terror in Resonance in this, in, on, in On this podcast, you can go listen to it in the feed. But in Terror Resonance... Spoilers for that show, by the way. um, It's this... What the story ultimately comes down to is that, the, is that the two main characters in that, the two characters who are like enacting these bloodless, highly technical, over-the-top terrorist attacks all over Tokyo, are like, these failed experiments of super geniuses. And, essentially, that's what Ayakoji, what Ayano Koji is. Is he's this, like, super, like, this child who was bred to be a super genius from the minute go by his father, and it looks like a whole team of other people who were doing this to a bunch of kids, and he, he was most likely the one surviving test subject who didn't snap under the pressure. Only what he what he's done is he has chosen to get exactly fifties exactly fifty percent on all of his tests. And when I say it's like fifty percent, I don't mean a failing grade. I mean exactly half of the questions on all of his entrance exams correct and the other ones um are and then the other half is wrong and but in a really intentional way so he's guided himself into the lowest ranked class and everyone who's smart enough recognizes like oh ayano koji is really smart he 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 is not genuinely he he's not participating in this system in good faith but he's also not participating in like bad faith in the way that people higher up are and are capable of because they are Playing just shy of breaking the rules of this system, and so you meet as this at the twelve at the twelve episodes of the first season go on, you meet all of these characters specifically from classes from not only the class D, which is like the kind of the main cast, but specifically from classes higher up than class D you meet a girl from Class B who has like a suspicious amount of like currency in her in like her school cell phone wallet and it's like the point she has like a she has like millions of points and the show points it sounds like isn't this odd isn't this weird and that I forget that character's name because the all these all these names are really are really pretty technical. Um, I think Ichinose is a Ichinose is a character who the show points out as being like. Even Ayano Koji is like, how do you manage to get this many points? Like how? Like how does that? How do you do that? How does that just happen? And interestingly, Ayano Koji. Uses her at several points as kind of almost a bank to like borrow money from because he's like I need to solve this problem. The only person with essentially unlimited funds that I know in this show in the in my sphere is um is that character. So you meet her. She you meet her pretty early on, and she helps with like a plot device essentially. You meet a character, um, you meet a character in the, in class, in class, and I believe that, um, that Ichinose is in class C. I think she's in the next class up from D. In class B, you meet a character, a male character, who's like the typical, um, Who's, like, the typical, um, like, rich guy, pompous asshole stereotype of the show, um, named Kito. And Kito is, like, the best way I can describe him is he is, like, a shadow of the character from, um, of the head of the harem ship in, um, Iron Blood Orphans, whose name I forget right now. But he kind of, he displays it being like that character, but like nasty and cruel and manipulative. And it's clear that he has that iron grip on his class, which is class B. And they do everything by his orders alone. And then you meet, but one of the first characters you meet, like one of the right off the bat characters you meet is this like very ganky girl, um, Character who's arguably one of the three, one of the three, four main cast members, and that character is um, let me scroll to her is is a character named Kushida, and Kushida is this very ganky girl who wants to be friends with everybody and doing her best to be liked and be cl- and be like. The not played for last version of that character from Comey can't communicate. Who's childhood friends with absolutely every other, every warm body in that show. Like, she's trying to be friends with everybody. She's trying to be kind and do her best to work with everybody. And she's like the first to offer up help. She's the first to like offer up her time, all of this stuff. And then I believe it. I think it's like episode three. There's a scene after school, like at like after school at night with her, where you see that Kushida isn't really this person. She had she's like rotten at her core, deeply resentful of um specifically the other female the other um made female lead, um Horokita, and she just like a nasty piece of work, and what she's doing is she's putting on this facade because it will clearly benefit her at some point. Um, and they and they actually use um, they they use Ichinose as a great kind of counter to that because Ichinose is totally you you're getting what you what you see. She is. Like, she is caring, she's giving, she is earnest. She is probably the most well-adjusted character in the whole show. And, she. but she also has this, like, slight tick of, like, she has the most money that you know of any character that you meet. And, so you have this, like, slight... Slight, although very played into, especially by episode three, love triangle between Ayana Koji, um, Horikita, and um, the two-faced girl. I, forget her, I keep forgetting her name because um, they're all... And, and Kushida. And they kind of put that on the back burner. Like, Kushida's always there. She's always being kind. But they never let you forget about the fact that, like, She's this wretch of a person at her core. But I think maybe they only, like, they only show it clearly three, arguably four times in the show that, like, they show her real, they, they show her showing her true colors. Whereas Horikita is the... Little sister of the president of the student council, who's very clearly like the top the top dog at the school, all this other stuff, and she's like turned herself into this cold, like ass kind of bitch of a person to try and ascend to a class to like prove her brother wrong and probably sort out some stuff involving like. Background familial nonsense that is brought that is brought up um pretty early in the show. And what's this whole thing? What's this whole thing start to do, but then kind of fail that? And part of why I'm inter- why I'm talking about now, why I'm interested in the new season that they announced like this week. Is it? It starts to, this show starts to set, starts to place value on, on everybody equally. They, they take like the smallest side characters and they give them major plot significance, major value and significance by the end of the first season, which ends in like a ludicrous, very dangerous survival game. Scenario, but then they negate all of it with the character of Ayana Koji. So Ayana Koji is interesting because he's very clearly in this school on purpose to make a statement about people's value regardless of society's skewed understanding of their value. And you see him as this character who very clearly could be part of a Class A, academic, academically and like academic, academically and mentally. At any point, like at any point, he could just be like, oh, I'm done with you guys. I put in a I put in a transfer request. I took the test. I aced it. I'm going to Class A." And to be clear, they don't say that that's possible. But once again, and they prove this um, later when... Uh, in, like, the first major plot arc, when Ayana Koji buys a test point to make sure that a t- classmate passes and doesn't get expelled, um, that anything is for sale in the school. And essentially... He's supposed to be the character who's railing against this. He's proving that this, this class system at this school and therefore the class system in schools period and the class system in like in life is inherently flawed and should like be re examined and done away with ultimately. But what happens by the end of the show is the like, there comes to be a point when everything's falling apart around him. When, um, the, like, leader of the current, the leader of Class A is manipulating an entire, like, the entire survival, the survival game test. Um, and that character is, uh, Kasaragi to, like, A, intentionally leave Class D in the dirt so there's no way they can catch up, but also B, overwhelmingly dominate. Like, he is is manipulating multiple different pieces for small... He's... and by extension his entire class, is doing the thing rich people are capable of doing. Is he is using what to him are meaningless amounts of essentially money to gain a profit that is so unbelievably big that the reason that other people don't care is because they can't possibly conceive of what he's about to get for what he's offering anybody else. It's the equivalent of, what's the best equivalent? It's the equivalent of walking up to somebody and saying, "Oh, I'd like to buy a Bitcoin for a penny," and pulling it off, or buy. Or it's the equivalent of buying buying a share of Google for. Actually, this is a better way way to put it. It's buy. It's the equivalent of buying a share of Google for a penny. And then selling that share of Google and then being able to buy into something like Bitcoin and that magnifying like tenfold in a few hours. All inside the span of a day like that's That's the kind of level that he's working on. And the only reason he can do that is because he has. The mental tools with which to understand how to make that happen for himself and by extension his entire class and what what this show at that point and this is like by the end this is the very end of the show what the show at that point needs to do is it needs to derail it needs to totally derail class A's attempt to such a degree that it's clear that it got fucked up not because somebody missed a step but because somebody else took a counter message measure that screwed them over royally but what that requires of our main character ayana koji is it requires him to demonstrate this side of himself that he's resisted up until the entire up and for the entire show so far and he's made little pushes towards that side of himself but they've always been and i suppose will always be going forward For everybody else around him. But in something like. In something like. um, The basketball. Character guy. um, Almost getting expelled. He. Uses the whole. He uses this whole system. That he has at his disposal. To first save the guy. From getting expelled. Once with his test core, and then saving the guy after he's further targeted not by the school, but by just the system that the school has created for after he's framed for almost beating people up. After he's after he's framed for beating people up. And both of those times and then later with the character chakra Um, who ends up getting a crush on him because he's the only person who seems to, like, have a heart towards her at all. Especially when she has severe social anxiety. Um, he is doing this stuff for the purpose of helping him or others. And ultimately, he does, he does help other people in the process of screwing up Plan A's, uh, Class A's plans to, like, absolutely crush everybody else. And he does it... He does it really carefully, so it's the only... The only loser in the scenario is Class A. Everybody else does okay, does okay enough where it's not a total defeat, where it's not... It's not like he declared... It's not like he launched a tactical nuke at everybody on the board. He waltzed into Class A's camp so to speak and like shot their leader in the back of the head and waltzed out <laughs> and the unfortunate result is that he uses all of these tools that this system values so much and figured out a way out whereas So I'm gonna compare this to Bach. I'm gonna compare this to Bakken Test because I think that Bakken Test is the best comparison to this show. In Classroom of the Elite, and also in um, uh, also in Kakugurui, they create these extremely hierarchical environments in which. The solution isn't to tear down the environment. It's to introduce an organism that is too... Uh, introduce a character who is too well-tuned for the environment to sufficiently oppress by the people who made the environment. It's essentially... It's essentially a Seth Curry and a basketball video game problem. And if you don't know anything about that, essentially... The problem with Seth Curry's sh- shooting average is that if you put his actual shooting average into any of the basketball video games, it breaks the entire model that runs the game because it would mean that he never misses, and the game can't function on that. And that's essentially what I, the character of Ayana Koji is—is he's this? Is he is the perf? Is he is the person? that this system was designed to create, but because the system was designed to create that person, if that person is put into the system and just run wild, the system can't keep up with him. Because he is doing everything as the system intended and as it design and he is playing the system exactly as it's designed to work. But the system is not created for that scenario so it doesn't hold so anybody else is at such a disadvantage they can no longer succeed. Whereas in Bakken Test what Bakken Test does is it sets up a similar sets up a very similar system but it's done in a comedic show so it's not as like the fact that all the people are losers are it's it's a joke not it's a joke not the it's a joke not the point so to speak. And this is true of um what's that? Um what's that uh fan that uh jokey um isekai show that, that, that it it's the same thing, and there are tons of shows that do this in similar ways, in different and in similar ways in different settings and genres, not just school or isekai or whatever. And what the show does by using I, Ayana Koji's character in that way is. It loses its fangs really as a satire, and this is not an uncommon thing to be. That's true. In, that is untrue in other shows, like in other shows, like it's a t- like even in something like Yu Gi Oh. Yu Gi Oh is actually a great example, like. Seto Kaiba is a threat right up until Yugi beats him by being better at card games. The answer is not deal with Seto Kaiba's Kaiba's core problem, like core emotional baggage. It is beat him hard enough where he goes away. And in this show, in Classroom of the Elite, the answer is not, at least yet, In the anime, I don't know about the manga. I know it's based on a manga because the um, the uh, character image for many of the characters is just straight up a manga picture, not an anime picture. On um, on on my on my anime list, the point isn't that it's the point isn't that we're pulling down the whole system, like along the ride. The point is that you have to be perfect at the system. you have to be perfect at the game to play the game and win the game to change it. But the reality there is the thing I struggle with because oftentimes people when people are perfect enough to play the game and win, they don't when they win they don't change the game. When they win, they're just at the top now. Now, the thing I will give Classroom of the is the character of, I- of Ayana Koji seems resentful of the fact that his brain works this way. He is very aware that, like, what he's doing is shitty. <laughs> like, when by the end of the show, and I, if I had to, um, I had to guess, I would think that, like, the the like triangle of characters that they've created at the core of the show which is Ayana Koji um Kushida and Horikita, is supposed to be this represent Hor and this is really shitty and chauvinistic but this the show kind of is you know Weird, very essentially Japanese way. I promise. Horikita and I and and Kushida kind of represent the two possibi- kind of possibilities for results. Kush- Kushida is more than likely Ayana Koji and Ayana Koji almost basically says as much in the final moments in some of the final final moments of the 12th episode when Kushina straight up confronts him and says like I wonder, who, I wonder if both of us stood in front of you and made you pick, made you pick a partner, made you like pick a girlfriend who you would go with, I bet you would go with her and Ayana Koji says to her, "Like Horikita seems like a pain in the ass. She seems like she. It. The thing that he essentially says is Horikita is engaging with this system on face value. She is engaging with. She is engaging with this system in good faith that she will be rewarded. And uh, everything that Ayana Koji had done up until that point." has been, like, the bleeding edge of this system's rules. He is using the... He's using the machinery at his... He's, like, MacGyvering this system that the school has set up for them to live by and pushing it to its limits in ways that only someone who absolutely understands what's possible can do. Where the majority of people, including Horikita most likely not um not kushina it's a, the the ending a is a lot it even get them confused are willing to accept like horikita is really spurred into action many times by Ayana Koji, not by her own Recognition of what's happening. So in and the um the like second arc with Sudo almost getting kicked out of school because Class B framed him is a perfect example. They had all the pieces, and Horikita almost didn't use them because she was staring at this system at essentially. Rigged, rigged court hearing And all she could see Was how rigged it was against her She couldn't see The Opportunity to use all this evidence They now had That made it bit, That made it so glaringly obvious That Suda was framed All she could see was The games rigged against me And not only is the game rigged against me, but the reason that the game was rigged against me was because someone was because this is the way it is. This is the way life is. Whereas Ayana Koji saw, like, no, this doesn't have to be the way this is. This shouldn't be the way this is. This clearly isn't Suda's fault. This whole system has been out to get this poor fucking kid. Because he has, because essentially he displays a talent for something that is not grossly academic, and he is not middling enough at anything else to achieve to achieve those goals. to To achieve those goals and the system allow it. Um and. The system does, and the system is attempting to remove him because it doesn't have any value for him. So Ayana Koji literally rigs rigs the game in his favor to, but still within the bounds of the rules of the system, to keep Sudo there. And it's very clear that that's what's happening to Horokita and that's why she is kind of being dragged up the ladder or pushed up the ladder from beneath by Ayana Koji often whereas Kushina is greasing the social system of reality and is is engaging with this whole thing in bad faith. Explicitly, for her own, for her own something, most likely Ayana Koji's affection. And what Ayana Koji says, essentially in that moment, is, no, like I, I, I don't like that I had to play this fucking three dimensional chess to do this. This shouldn't be. This shouldn't be what it required to eke out a win for yourself. Like, it shouldn't... This is, Reality is not a... penny gain to penny loss. Reality is not a zero-sum game. Reality should be... accepting of all kinds of people, accepting of all different kinds of skills and abilities. I, Ina Koji o- opens up his... Like, the first one of the first things Koji asked his teacher, the um, kind of one of the few stand-ins for the faculty we see at this school, um, a character named uh, Chibihara Sei, he asked her if she thinks the world is equal. And she says in so many words, no, I don't think it's equal. It's in fact hideously unequal, but that's the way it is. And that's what this school is here to teach you. And she let she all of her interactions say basically, that's why everything at the school has a price. It's all about linking it down to how smart you are, how teachable, how fungible as a knowledge base you can be. Whereas <sighs> Ayana Koji rightfully believes. Like, that shouldn't matter. It's like, your grade at algebra shouldn't fucking matter when it comes to what job you get. You should not be put on a track to decide the rest of your life when you don't know what you're doing because you're 16. And, the, and more importantly, the people who do know what they're doing with six, when they're 16 and are so confident they are going to be masters of the universe should not be made to feel absolutely sure of that because that's not that doesn't set somebody up who's a stable human being. That sets up a paranoid psychopath. That's not sets up somebody who when they encounter real meaningful challenge will buckle. Um so did a great there's a great show on right now And this is probably will end it um, It's called Bel Air And if you know anything about the show Bel Air it's, on, it's streaming on Peacock I think it's a six episode season Four episodes, maybe five by the time I post this are out Um And that show is a remake Of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air But um And I talked about it in the big In my um big ID, In my big questions Um Episode that, that was on last Sunday, but there was a scene in the most recent episode I watched, which was episode four, where the, the like new character and they've expanded on all the characters from the old show tremendously, giving them way more depth and per- personality. And there's a moment in the show where Will and Hillary are talking, and Hillary is like, "I, I'm trying to make." This influencer, this like I'm trying to step out on my own and I just don't have enough money and will and the will will Smith's character will looks her straight in the eye and goes, so this is the first time you've never you haven't had enough money to do what you to do what you feel like you need to do and she says, like yeah. And he's like, and she's like, yeah. Do you know what that thought? Like? And he's like, since the day I was born. And they and they make they make this real. And most of that episode is about like the difference between growing up like super privileged and rich and like with all the advantages in the world, and growing up in the reality of the ghetto and poor and. That's what a lot of the show is about, actually, and it's what the show drives a lot of its conflict too. And the bottom line is that when, um, when the when the like class A character, um, Katsuragi is visited by by the ultimate like, Trump card of koji that Koji puts forward, he is, like, crushed. And his entire class, who's, once again, full of people who have been experiencing, like, the highest level of privilege that this school can offer, which is undoubtedly immense, it's like, what are you going to do about this, Katsuragi? Di- of course you didn't see this coming, you jackass. And then as soon as somebody else walks in another character walks into the picture, they all turn their ire to him. If these characters had thought had like put all the pieces together properly, they would have seen this as a possibility. They would have seen the way that the machine that they're using against everybody else can be used against them. This was True recently in the real world, in the form of the GameStop and mean stocks of the world. If enough people decided that GameStop didn't need to die, what they would do, what they did, is they bought GameStop on mass. And they pumped it up. And the people who had leveraged against GameStop betting essentially betting GameStop would fail. Freaked the fuck out. But here's the thing. And here's the thing that they demonstrate very early on the show. In the GameStop scenario, they they used rules that nobody that nobody else playing really thought about to stop it. That was the thing. The rules were essentially changed in favor of the people at the top in Sudo's second case when he was framed for beating people up. So there's all these levers being pulled that nobody sees. And Koji's advantage in this show is that he's essentially do- taking the next steps, the next leap of logic to be like, oh, I should... Like, I should assume that if this is true, then something else is true down the road. Via this, that, the other thing. And as is usually the case with these shows, like, if you sit with the logic of this show, it all connects together really easily. But it's relying on the fact that you're not doing the connecting to make this all true. And it's also relying on the fact that character that, the intelligent character are finding fringe ways to break the rules that allow them to game the system and it's just the show is very messy, it's very it has a lopsided sided quality, what it's what it's trying to say about like a mer- a purely meritocratic system is really critical of that system and it which is good, but it is also like still trying to be a fun one-upmanship game thing. I'm not sure that that's what you wanna do with the system. I think I think that out of I think that out of this show that out of this show's character's approaches, you wanna be more like um, Kushina and less like Horikita. You wanna less you you want to less often engage with systems that feel uneven on good faith, on the faith that if I just play by the rules and I try my hardest I'll get to the top. And you want to more often realize that you can't, that unless you designed it from the top down yourself, you won't know what's happening. You won't have all the answers. So you need to proceed accordingly and you need to take all the things you know, add some of the things you suspect and do your best to. Just make sure you're not in the losing bracket, essentially. And that's kind of the goal of this thing. And one of the reasons I want to talk about this show and one of the reasons I think it's interesting that's getting another season, especially now, because there are a whole bunch of new companies that are billion-dollar evaluation companies coming out of COVID. Some you might have thought of, some you probably didn't. Amazon made shit tons of money because COVID changed the name of the game for buying things. Instacart has so much more money than it did before. But not just that. What's the thing you see in every single like bank or open space where you talk at somebody now that you didn't before? You see new flexi-glass barriers. The people who make flexi-glass are the, new, are the new post-it family at this point. They have made so much money and will probably continue to make tons of money. The people, the Purell went from a couple million dollar company to a couple billion dollar company because of the pandemic. that meant the rules change that meant that the game is different now in some way but is that a good thing like it all, uh, Is this like capitalistic free market thing really equal if a guy like, say, Martin Shkreli can buy an AIDS medication, jack it up, and make another couple billion dollars for his coffers and still be an absolute piece of shit. Is it, is it fair that the founder of WeWork is like allowed to still make money? What this show is really about is it's about questioning a system of punishment and rewards that pretend to be arbitrary and pretend to be truly and purely meritocratic, but fail to account for where everybody started. And if I... If I had gotten the notification of this show, if I had seen that this show is going to be getting a new season before the Big Questions, I probably would have talked about this show more uh, before the Big Questions episode last Monday. I probably would have talked about this show in that episode because I think that this show is in- through Ayana Koji. And through Ayana Koji's Self-realization is encouraging questioning the very premise of some things in society that we should be questioning. I'm not saying like question whether or not the Holocaust happened or question whether or not people are racists. I'm saying question why ask why instead of just saying, well, I mean, that makes sense. Why not? You know, why, why not? Why, why, why? Ask yourself why you're not asking the question about this, that, or the other thing if it seems off to you. Because a lot of the reasons we're in the fucked up version of reality we're in right now is because we didn't question enough. On that note, if you like this episode, New episodes of um, Lunchbox Radio come out every Thursday and Sunday. Sunday is a more metatextual show. It's, I call it the Sunday edition. It's about like fandom. It's about um, stuff I'm thinking about around anime. Um, it's about the industry and stuff like that. Um, the Thursday shows are usually something more like this. They're about a show property. Rarely a manga. I've got my own like manga minute thing that I try and have fun with That I do that whenever I like have a manga I want to talk about. That's a very Occasional thing. It's not a regularly occasional bonus thing that I put out Um, But on that note I've been Alex this has been lunchbox radio and I will talk to you on Sunday
1: 知っ